sermon today is is called longing to be at church longing to be at church and uh as i was reading the verse that we're gonna go over um it just really hit me how the really the attitude that we should have towards being here with our brethren, right? And uh, a lot of times you hear sermons about going to church and they're, you know, trying to guilt people into going or, you know, yelling at people, you need to be at church. Well, I, I am going to do a little bit of that today, but this is mainly really about our desire to be here. That's where our hearts should be here with with our brethren. We should be longing to be with each other. That's that's the attitude that Paul has towards the Philippians, and that's really the attitude that we should have about being here with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And I, I feel like that's a much more effective argument to get people to come to church than just you need to be here, otherwise, you know, you're you're leaving people and you're not, you know, you're 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 not doing the right thing. Instead of getting on to people about not doing the right thing. How about get, telling people what, you know, talking to people about what their attitude really should be towards their brethren. That, I think that's, that's uh, so much truer to what the Bible talks about. So let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer this morning before we open up God's word. Dear Lord, uh, thank you so much for this church. Thank you uh, for the people here. Uh, thank you for their influence on my life and and the influence that they've been on each other's lives as well. Uh, I pray, Lord, that uh, we just continue to be good influences on each other, uh, and I pray that um, that people would have a desire to be with each other here. Uh, I pray this morning that if there's any that are not saved, that they would be moved to accept you as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So let's go ahead and open up our Bibles. We're, uh, we have one main verse today. Uh, I've been going through the book of Philippians a bit slower, but and that's just as true today. And so go ahead and open up your Bibles to Philippians chapter 1, verse 8. Philippians chapter 1, verse 8. Remember, uh, Paul is just talking uh, to them about how he was praying for them and he was thankful for them. And then he goes and continues to talk about what the things that he's praying for. But this one verse in the middle of all of that really shows Paul's heart. Uh, and this is what it says. It says, For God is my witness, how greatly I long for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. And so Paul is writing this to them. He's, he's being persecuted. He's in prison at this time. And he's writing to them. He says, How greatly I long for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. That was Paul's heart there. He wanted to be with them. He wanted to be with, with them in fellowship, right? This is, this, anytime we are not here, this is how we should feel about being here. We should be longing to be with our fellow Christians. So that's really what we're going to get at this, uh, this morning and why we should want to be here, why we should want to fellowship with each, other's, uh, with each other. Um, so the first point this morning of why. Uh, well, Paul actually says this in Romans, but mutual faith encourages us. And so you can have all the faith in the world in Jesus Christ, right? But sometimes you need to see other people walking with Christ as well. That should be an encouragement. And you can be an encouragement on others as well. And so why should we be here with our brethren? Because 
us being faithful and them being faithful, that mutual faith should encourage us to be further faithful in Christ. Let's go ahead and look at Romans chapter 1, verses 11 to 12. It says, "For he's longing to be, see them, right? It says, for I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift so that you may be established. That is, that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith of both, uh, both you, or sorry, both of you and me. And so he's talking about being encouraged by their faith and that they, he could be an encouragement to them as well. He wants to impart some spiritual gift to them. He wants to impart knowledge to them, right? And he wants to be encouraged as well from them. And so when we're not around our brethren, we should be wanting that. We should be desiring to be encouraged and to be an encouragement on each other. That is such an important thing. You know, it can get, I mean, the devil strikes when we're alone, right? When we're not with each other. That's a lot of times when we're the most down, uh, when things get the hardest. And that is what, it's that whole divide and conquer mentality. And that's what he tries to do with us. It's the same thing with predators in the wild. I don't know if you've ever watched National Geographic, but they talk about lions hunting. Do the lions go after the whole pack of animals or do they wait for the stragglers and pick them off one by one? You see, when they're all together, they're quite a bit stronger and they're, you know, they're, they're doing better. And then also, if you think about horses, right? Now, horses run faster when they're in groups. A horse will run faster when it's with other horses than it will alone. That's the same thing for us. You see, we all will do better than we even would alone uh, because we are encouraged by our brethren to go harder, right? Uh, it's a similar thing, too, when you think about um, you know, the corporate world. They, they talk about this thing called synergy, right? And uh, basically, it's one plus one equals three, right? Uh, now, that might sound like bad math to you. But that basically the sum is greater than its parts, right? And so uh, if you have two people working a job, they should be doing the work of three people because they should be able to work well together, right? This is the same thing for us as Christians. We are better uh, we, when we encourage each other and we push each other harder. Uh, we should be more than just the parts, right? And so mutual faith should encourage us. All, this leads me to the next point here, why we should be wanting to be here together, because we are stronger together. So we, not just you know being encouraged, but we are also actually stronger together. Ecclesiastes chapter four, um, we a lot of times see this verse talked about at weddings and things like that, and I don't have a huge problem with that, but this is more so talking about fellowship with one another and in Christ. Um, it says in Ecclesiastes uh, 4, verses 9 through 12, it says, Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. 
But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Stopping there just for a moment, think about that. People that don't uh, fellowship with the church, when they're alone, who's going to help you? When, things you might be doing, you might be saying, well, I do fine on my own. I'm, I'm doing good. What happens when you falter? What happens when you falter? Who's going to be there to help you? If, you don't, if you're not fellowship, fellowshipping with the church, it's no one. You have no one to help you up when you fall. That's why it's so important to be here with each other. And it says, again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Uh, I don't know if you have, have ever uh, known this, or you probably have heard this in the past, but if you have uh, a strand of cord, right, it makes sense uh, that if you have three cords, right, it would be three times as strong, right? So if you have three cords just not braided together, it's three times as strong as the, the one cord. But if you braid them together, if they're woven together, they're exponentially stronger than even just the three cords, right? And so when you talk about that with this threefold cord here, you know, you have a brother and a sister or a brother and a brother. I'm not talking about, you know, marriage here. I'm talking about fellowship, right? When there's a group of us, that is strong, right? Uh, and then that threefold cord, that's talking about Christ being woven in, right? And so here we talk about, you know, that we, if we're not just coming alongside one another. We're woven together. That's, that's how close, cl sorry, close our fellowship should be. We should be woven together, this threefold cord, and Christ running through all of it, right? And so we are very much stronger when we are together. This also is important because every person has a unique place within the body of Christ. And so in each and every church body, the, every person has differences and they all fill a unique role here. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 22. It says, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit, we are all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. <clears throat> but if the foot should say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the ear should say, because I am not the eye, or sorry, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now uh, God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he uh, or sorry, just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, 
where would be or sorry where would the body be but now indeed there are many members yet one body and the eye cannot say to the hand i have no need of you nor again the head to the feet i have no need of you no much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary you see everyone has their place here and so really what we what we should take from that in this context is if you're alone and you're thinking oh yeah i, I got all everything i need and i can do this on my own uh sorry you're just one part right you need to be together with others you can't do it on your own everybody has their unique place and so we need everyone you know, I heard a joke about this, and I'm probably pretty sure you guys have probably heard this joke before, but I wouldn't want to be the armpit in the body. <laughs> Just a side joke there, right? But everybody has their unique place. Everybody is necessary here. So we, that, that goes right back to we are stronger together, right? We're stronger together because everybody is unique. We all we need each other. Also, we're stronger together, and this pleases God when we are unified. And so, why are we stronger together? Because, first and foremost, it pleases God for us to be together. If you don't have uh, another reason to believe that we're stronger together, know that it makes God happy, right? It makes God happy when we're here and we're unified. Psalm 133 verse 1 says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. See, it pleases God when we're together and we're unified. That's, that, that should be all the reason you need. Also, another reason why we should want to be here. And so we have, you know, we're stronger together, right? Um, we uh, uh, are encouraged by each other, but also more than encouraged and more than just strength in numbers, um, we sharpen each other. Our brethren sharpen us. Our brethren make us better individually. Proverbs 27, verse 17, it's a very famous verse. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. So we sharpen each other. That is such an awesome thing. And that's not just coming here and learning from a pastor, right? Uh, that is learning from people that are on the same level as you. It says iron sharpens iron, right? It doesn't say steel sharpens iron. Steel would mangle iron, okay? And so yeah, if you need to think about that. We, there's very much a place for people to be sharpened by their peers, by people who are on the same level as them. You don't come here just to be taught. You come here to fellowship and to discuss things with one another. That is an essential part of being a church. How do we sharpen one another? There's... A couple of verses about this, uh, about how to and how we should go about this, right? 
uh, first of all, with Scripture, right? Everything is with Scripture. Uh, if we're doing things without Scripture, then we shouldn't be doing it, right? Uh, everything is with Scripture. So when we're educating each other, it's to be with the Bible. Uh, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. It says, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And here it says, it is profitable, means it's good for. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why should we use the Bible to do this? So the next verse says that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so we are to use the Bible for, the, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instructions, instruction righteousness, that we may be complete, right? Thoroughly equipped for every good work. So part of the reason why you come here is to learn the Bible and to be equipped to, do the, to spread the word of God. Also, we need to, uh, in how we should go about this, we need to have wisdom. We need to have patience with each other. Uh, Colossians 3.16, this also talks about the word of God here. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. And it says, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. You see, when we go, when we're teaching each other, again, it needs to be with the word of God, but we also use, uh, the, we also use hymns and songs uh, of praise. And so we're singing together. That actually helps your brother. A lot of people don't think about that, but when we're all singing each together, that actually helps the group. It that going back to the encouragement there, uh, it is a good thing to worship the Lord together. Next, when we come here to fellowship, and why we should come here to fellowship is because we should push each other toward love and good works toward love and good works hebrews chapter 10 verse 24 it says let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works and i'm going to go over the second part of that or the next verse uh, in a moment but we have to it says let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works and so we're not supposed to be pushing each other, each other towards bad things we're supposed to be pushing each other towards love and good works. Again, what should our attitude be in this? When we're pushing each other, right? Because uh, make no mistake, our brethren should be pushing us, right? We should be pushing our brethren, pushing them forward, right? You know, when someone is having a hard time, uh, you get up and push. Right? Uh, think about like pushing a car, right? When someone's running out of gas, you can get out and push, right? That's what we do when our brethren are running out of gas. We push, right? Our attitude in this needs to be with gentleness and patience. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 3 says, 
I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with, all, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There's a lot there. What we need to walk worthy of the calling which we were called, right? So even with not talking about fellowship for a moment, uh, our general conduct should be walking worthy of the calling which we are called. That's, you know, following Christ, right? And so we need to walk worthy of that. How are we to do that? And this applies to fellowship as well. We need to do this with lowliness and gentleness. So we have to have humility. Uh, and it says with long suffering, that's patience. We have to have patience with one another. That's something that sometimes I have a hard time with patience. Uh, Brother Robert was just telling me this morning he has a hard time with patience. <laughs> He's sitting back there giving me a thumbs up. <laughs> um, but we have to have patience with one another. And it says bearing with one another in love. And so when we are correcting, when we are teaching each other, we need, we need to be doing it out of love, right? And then this is what should govern a lot of this. Anytime we have conflict or anything at church, one of the things that should be at the forefront of our minds is this last verse here in Ephesians. It says, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So whenever we are talking with one another, unity should be at the forefront of our minds. We need to stay together on things. Now, that doesn't say if someone is being heretical, right? That's, they're, they're already breaking unity there. But with, on minor issues and things like that, things where we need to correct each other, uh, it needs to be out of love, and we need to remember that we are trying to stay unified here. Now, last point this morning, and here's where I'm going to, you know, get a little bit onto people. Why should we come to church? Paul says he longs to be at church. Now, here's the, here's the other side of that. We are to not forsake the assembling of ourselves. You see, something happened in COVID, and I, and I argued the other side of this at, at the time, and you know, the forsaking the assembling is not, is not when a church decides to not meet, right? That's, that's different. Uh, I, I have a different argument about that, but that's not what this is talking about here. This is talking about you deciding not to come in fellowship. That's one person deciding not to come and be with their brethren. If, if the doors are open for church, you should be here. You should make every uh, attempt to be here. I understand if there are health issues and things like that preventing you, but if you just decide I'm going to stay home today, that's what this, this verse applies to. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, it says, not forsaking the assembly of yourself, or sorry, of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. See, we need to not forsake 
the assembling of ourselves. We need to not just be the type of people that are going to decide, hey, I'm going to just stay on my couch today. No. And you see, you know, what some churches were doing. I saw literally a billboard that talked about drive-through communion, where you go and you take it home. You can have church at home on your couch. No, you can't. It's literally what the definition of church is the assembly. You can't assemble from your couch at home. That's not, that's not church. You might be watching a sermon, but you're not doing church. Church is not the building here either. See, if we think also that we just uh, we came to the building, and I went to church, right? That's not church either. The building is not the church. See, sometimes it's easier for us to stay home when we think about it as that. Church is the people here. First Peter chapter two, verses four through five. If it wasn't obvious that church is the people, here it makes it plainly obvious. It says, in verses 4 to 5, it says, Coming to him as, a, as to a living stone, talking about Christ being a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. And, precious. and then it says, You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house. A holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So we are living stones. It says we're the living stones being built up a spiritual house. And so the people here are literally the building blocks that are, are this church. See, we're all built up on Christ, the cornerstone, but we are also living stones. So you want to know where the house of God is? It's us. It's the people here. So when you decide to stay home on your couch, you are not forsaking the building. You are forsaking the people here. Think about that next time you just decide to be, have a lazy morning on a Sunday. Think about every single person that you are missing. We should love to be here with our brethren. It goes right back to what Paul says. How greatly I long for you all. It's the people. We need to remember that there are faces attached to church. When I decide to just not come, that is me saying, I don't need to see them today. I don't, I, I don't care. I care more about being lazy, right? Again, this doesn't apply to if people have health issues and things like that. If you have the inability to come, that is a totally different thing. But if you have the ability and you are just deciding to not come, that is forsaking. That's forsaking the people here. So I want to end on this. Philippians 1.8 again. It says, For God is my witness. Is Paul saying how serious he is when he says this. How greatly I long for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. Paul saying, I long for you because it, with, that, with the same affection of Christ, 
I long for you like Jesus longs for you. That's, that's what Paul is saying there. That's the attitude that we should have towards being here with our brethren. We should long to be here just like Jesus longs for us, with the affection of Christ. In conclusion this morning, as the pianist and song leader come, I just want to end with this. I, I long to be here, but also before this, before any of that, you need to know Christ as your Lord and Savior. That is first and foremost. This message wasn't really towards people being saved this morning, but understand that if you desire any of this, if you desire fellowship with God's people, you have to be saved yourself. Because we are all here because of Jesus. And so that is because Jesus came and died for our sins. That He loved us so much. That's that affection that Paul talks about. Jesus loved us so much that he came and died for us. And so we, we should have that affection as well. But also, that is because Jesus came and died and for all of our sins. That way we could have eternal life. That way we could be all going towards Christ together, right? And so if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior this morning, I would encourage you, believe in him and accept him as your Lord and Savior. All you have to do is repent of your sins. That means turning away from your sins. That's what everybody here has repented, or I don't know if everybody here, but uh Everybody that here that is saved has repented of their sins, right? This group, that's what we are. We are all people who've turned, who've decided to follow Jesus instead of the ways of the world, right? So repent of your sins. Turn away from them. Ask God for forgiveness for those sins, right? And then believe in him as your Lord and Savior. Do that and you will be saved. Do that and you'll have eternal life. Do that and we will welcome you here. Do that this morning. Pray to Jesus and accept him as your Lord and Savior.